Blog Talk Radio. Let's get lost in a better place. Pick up a book, travel through time and space. So much to learn, so much to see. A chance to escape reality. Open your mind and your heart. With a fresh new song And Jay Netflix will bring you there So let's talk about it When life and on the This is Fran Lewis and I'm waiting for Claire Douglas It seems to me that she's having trouble dialing in I don't know why you cannot put 001 or 001 in front of it, but it's saying it's not right. I don't know if she's calling in from a foreign country, but you have to dial in just the way I have it. Dial it the way I sent it. And we're going to wait and see what happens. She's the, Oh, there she is, finally, I think. Sorry. I, Hi, Claire. Hello. How are you doing? <laughs> hello. I'm so sorry. I, I, it was, I had the wrong number. <laughs> and, um, yeah. I, it was the, the, the nine and the zero was in the wrong place. Um, but anyway, sorry. That's all right. At least you're here. Yeah, because I'm losing my mind today with, with this phone. And no, you can't put ones oh, or anything. It's like weird. And I didn't know where you were dialing oh, from. Oh, really? I know. I signed it from the UK, so I put in zero zero one um, with the old number, and it didn't come up. But then I put it in with this number, and it came up. So I thought, like, oh my goodness, <laughs> stressful. Yeah, well, in America, unfortunately, they did away with the ones and all that. They're just driving people crazy. And I was like, oh my uh, gosh, she's got to come because this book is so good. I love this book. Oh, <laughs> I'm so glad. I'm so glad it's it's okay. <laughs> Been looking forward well, to talking to I, you I, about this. <laughs> I mean, I, I was a box of tissues a couple of times, too, because I loved Uno, oh. and I liked all of them. Well, we're going to talk about oh. Catherine in a few minutes. So, okay, people, yes. we're here on MJ Network. <laughs> MJ is in memory of my sister who caused me to do all this, and I'm fun. this is so much fun. Oh. So, so oh. give us a brief summary of the book, and why would someone fall for the riches and opulence of a house they want to work in. Oh my God! I, I was like, I must admit, this house, yeah, <laughs> the house based on the real house that I saw in Bristol, um, in England, um, that I've always looked at and thought, oh wow, that's such a beautiful house. And it's right by this um, bridge called the Clifton Suspension Bridge. So, um, you, in in the book, Una comes from quite a sort of poor family. She's got um, a single working, cl- you know, working class mum. And so she is sort of taken in by this amazing house and and the fact that she could live there. And I think she just thinks that it would be like a lovely experience to, you know, like be in a, such like a mansion and, you know, um, have that sort of experience because she's never had anything like that before. I know. I don't know why, you know, I know people that do that. I don't know why, but they do do that. Yeah. yeah. I know. And they get the- sort of taken by, yeah. It depends on who you're working for. Now, why did I like Una? Yeah. Why did Una decide to do this? And tell us about Elizabeth. I did not like her at all. Mm-hmm. No. <laughs> 
Well, no, sorry. Eunice suddenly lost her mum. Hello? Yeah, Eunice suddenly lost her mum. So she feels like she wants a new start. And she, I think she's also looking for maybe like a family because her mum died and she's got no one else. So I think yeah. she sort of saw this advert and thought, oh, Elle's better be a really lovely grandmother type. You know, I get to live in this lovely house and get to work, you know, do, do something fun. And so I think that that was what drew her to the job. I think that was why she answered the ad and thought this would be, you know, something something fun to do. I, I just like, hmm. Now, she's, she's, Elizabeth seems to be very insecure for some reason. And yeah. where do you get the feeling that she, when we, when we, when we meet Catherine, we get an uneasy feeling when we meet Catherine too. I liked Elizabeth, you know, she's the lady in charge, but yet, again, an uneasy feeling yeah. about the whole thing. But why does Catherine hate everybody? She needs a good shot. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Well, Catherine is a very insecure. So she, you find out in the book that she's adopted, and because of this, she's always worried that. Elspeth will send her back like you know she's got this sort of deep-seated fear that she's not really wanted that she has to be this perfect daughter to Elspeth otherwise Elspeth will just you know not see her again won't bother with her so when she sees Yuna Yuna reminds her of someone who you find out later in the book um can I can I say without giving it away do you think or would it give it away about Viola um so Viola is Catherine's so you find out later in the book that, that, that Viola is Catherine's sister but she's the real daughter the biological daughter of Elspeth um and mm. she runs away when she's when she's 18 so 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 Catherine straight away saw that Yuna looks like uh Viola and she knows how her mother is about Viola so straight away she feels threatened as soon as she sees as soon as she sees Yuna she thinks she feels threatened so that's why she sort of acts so quickly she does feel so insecure and she just wants to be the yeah. one, whatever, to do everything for her mother. And yeah, I know how that feels. <laughs> <laughs> I know how that feels. I gave up 10 years of my life to take care of my mother, but nobody else would help me because my mother had Alzheimer's. Oh. And my sister had oh, her man. thing, and my brother had, yeah, and I volunteered. I said, anybody want to help? But I, you know what? Oh. I did a good job. And oh, yeah, oh. I did. She yeah, yeah. She, I wouldn't put her in a nursing home, so I, you know, did what I had yeah. to do. But my sister came yeah. in once in a while. My brother too. It's hard, but you know, yeah. nobody resented the fact that I was doing it. <laughs> what can I say? Yeah, 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 yeah. What is her yeah. problem oh. with Una? And why does she resent her even before she knows her? Catherine needs the anger management. The poor thing. Seriously. <laughs> I think straight away when she sees you, now, <laughs> she sees Seriously. straight away she can see. <laughs> she does straight away. She she can see that she's like her, um, like Viola. So straight away she she looks at her and she thinks, "This I know that my mum is gonna." Because Catherine mm. also feels insecure about her look because she's, you know, Viola was beautiful and what you know what Catherine thinks is as being beautiful and Catherine never felt that way herself. Catherine never felt like the pretty blonde one, you know. So she, as soon as she sees Yuna, she's, all those insecurities of Viola come back to her. So that's why she takes an instant dislike to her. It's all about her, the way she looks, which is awful, isn't it, judging someone by the way they look. But that's what she does when she meets Yuna. Yeah, I know. It's like, so why do we get the feeling, you know, she, well, she's in, 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 in
And what does the job oh, yes. require think, that she yeah. has to do? I mean, seriously. <laughs> I know. I just got a great job, wasn't she? So Aggie is the yeah. cook. So she just comes in. She lives locally. She comes in and she basically cooks Elspeth's meals for her. So it's quite nice. Um, but also Aggie um, acts as like a, almost like a mother figure to um, Una and Catherine. Like she's like this sort of lovely, rosy cheeked lady. Mm. Who, you know, works in the kitchens. She's like homely and caring. And because Elspeth's so, you know, prickly and not caring, <laughs> they they think mm. that they sort of talk to Aggie. They tell Aggie things. But Aggie is like the in the kitchens really mm. so she's got quite an important role I think in the book because you hear they tell her stuff so you, as a reader we get to hear stuff that they're telling Aggie now we have what Elizabeth when when Una is off Catherine is like so happy and why does Catherine spy yeah. on Una when she's going but Catherine is like a, you know a She's like a big out of wood. She's so excited. Oh, well, Una's not here now. It's my turn to show my mother. Really. I know. I know. She's so... I know, really? I know, I know. I mean, most, most people would be quite relieved, wouldn't they, to have a bit of respite from, from caring for someone. But no, Catherine, Catherine is so controlling that she's so terrified that if she leaves Elspeth for one minute with someone else, then she's going to be angsted. Mm. So she is... It's like she wants to be the one doing everything. So Because it makes her feel important. It makes her feel like, you know, Elspeth relies on her. She's the most important person to Elspeth. You know, she's Elspeth couldn't live without her type of thing. So that's why, and she's, and I think she spies on Una because I think she wants to because Elspeth stipulates when um she, when Una takes a job that she's not allowed to sort of have any outside. Mm. You know, she's not allowed to have be married or anything. She wants her to be sort of devoted to her. So Catherine is sort of spying on her because she's thinking, oh, maybe I can find out something that's gonna make my mother sack Una. So she's sort of underhandedly, you know, trying to find reasons for Una to get sacked. So, you know, that's why she's always looking to see what she's doing wrong. I know. She's she's really someone that you don't want to have around too much. She doesn't even smile ever. (laughs) And even her husband and the whole family, like, who are you? Really? I know. So tell us. I know. Catherine and her family, she's you no know, she cares about her family but basically she's more concerned about being part of her mother. It's almost as if she's afraid she's gonna get cut off from the money. So tell us yeah, about yeah, her room. Uh, yeah, I got that. You see I knew that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. She's definitely worried about the money because um her husband Ed doesn't earn very much and she she's worried as well that if she you know if she doesn't sort of spend much time with um her mum that her mum will then won't won't leave any money because she also finds out before Una joins she finds out that one of the other girls that was there became very close to her mother and the mother Elsbeth promised this other girl Matilde that she would give her some money in the will so Catherine was really angry about that because she thought that she should get the money all her or her children not like some carer that you know she feels doesn't deserve it so that's why she's worried about Elspeth coming too close to Una as well because she thinks that Una's going to try and you know have her share of the money but Una's not interested in that you know Una is like naive and she wouldn't have even thought about that herself but Catherine's so paranoid mm. um that she yeah she doesn't and, and it goes back I think to the fact that she was you know bullied quite a bit when she was younger and she's very insecure mm. She's she's a frightening one too because you don't know 
often wondered if she was going to try to hurt Una or something like that or tell her mother something. Yes. Now, this this was interesting. Yeah. Why did you create, and I, I, I'm not going to tell you if I figured it out. Okay, I didn't tell anybody that. Why did you create the unknown yeah. voice? Now, that was really, you see, that's why when I, I, I read a lot of books, too many, really, seriously. Yes. And um, <laughs> there were, I'm not supposed to read, I get eye strain, so I'm not supposed to read the book in one day, but I did anyway, so what? As a matter of fact, I read oh. uh, Vincent Zandri's Moonlight, Moonlight Kills yesterday. I got it got it on Saturday. I read it yesterday because I said, I was so bored. This oh. is great. And I, I couldn't put it down. Oh. And I did the review at 3 o'clock this morning. I said, what the heck, I may as well. Oh, so why did you create oh, the wow. unknown voice? And your review is on my, yeah. my, my, my website. I know that. With 97 stars, I know that. Oh, um, so... Um, I, I created the voice because I wanted um, there to be, I wanted the reader to feel like 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 there was a threat to Una. So I didn't just want it to be like you know about the girls. I wanted there to be her. I also that she's been followed. Mm. Um, that some, someone's you know someone is out to get her. And at, the, at that point you don't know who it is. You don't know if it's Catherine or whoever. Um, but you just know that there's somebody watching her and you know who is angry that she's she's in the job mm. so that and that, that's i wanted to add the menace and the intrigue really and suspicion and to make it you know to make it a bit more like a thriller to make it scary to make people think oh what's that you know what's going on there mm. you in danger yeah now was the Catherine really scary though but first who is Gemma and who is matilde you just never know what Catherine's yeah so they do. are <laughs> I know. Mm. I'm not you to say, hopefully, you see. Um, yes, yeah, uh, so Matilda and Jemima, they were the, the carers that were there before. So Matilda came first, and then Jemima. So Matilda was the one that was there for like two years, and the one mm. that um, Elspeth promised her money to. And then Jemima, and then she gets killed in a hit and run accident, and then Jemima takes over. Oh, goodness. So Catherine is yeah. scary. Really scary. What does she watch yeah. from the upstairs window, and what is she thinking? I mean, doesn't anybody realize that she's sort of stalking from the window? Oh, God. I know. Uh, <laughs> I know. Well, I she, know. Sees, I... she sees, yeah, yeah, her with, with a man, and she knows that, that um, Yoon's not supposed to be meeting up with men because her mum doesn't like it. So she's she's thinks that she's got one over on Yuna. When she sees her with this guy, she thinks to herself, right, that's it, I can... I can use this, you know, against mm. her and tell my mum. Mm. So that's why she's, yeah, watching. She's always, she's always watching to see if she can find something out about her, something that she can use against her. It mean, really. I'm surprised Elizabeth didn't realize that she was doing that, or if she did, she just, like, didn't say anything, because Elizabeth basically is a nice person, and she's not horrible to work with. Work with. She didn't seem no, horrible. No, but I think she's, no, but I think she's she's a little bit manipulative. I think she quite enjoys that because I think in the past with Viola and Catherine, I think she quite enjoyed them vying for her attention. I think it's part of her that quite yeah quite likes that you know yeah special. There are people like that, and there are people that like to have everybody to pay attention to them, so they play two ends against the middle. No fun. So. Yeah. No. Who is Lewis? Yeah. <laughs> and why is he only there for a short ah. time? Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Oh, yes. Yes. <laughs> so, Lewis Gardner, 
Um, and also, you know, he, he meets Yoon on the first day and she quite likes him because he's handsome and they got on quite well. But then he's gone quite quickly and Yuna wonders where he's gone and then she hears that he was he was fired. Um, but you don't know why. You don't know why. Mm. So why did the police visit the house and what happened to Jemima? That was very sad. Yeah. So at the first thing... For that same day, so they just wanted to speak to uh, Elspeth and Catherine about it because they were the last people potentially to see her alive. Um, That's so sad. But then find out that maybe, yeah, yeah. So, now when that happens, yeah. Courtney is Una's friend, right? And she gets really yeah. concerned about Una because she's not sure. So. What ha- why why is she worried that yeah. Una's gonna, something's going to happen to Una? Because I think when Una keeps ringing up Courtney to tell her what's going on, uh, Courtney is like, you need to go to the police. But Una doesn't really feel like she's got anything concrete to go to the police with. But Courtney, I think, is concerned and is thinking this isn't quite right, something's not quite right here. Um, so I think that's why. I think she's, she's worried that Una's getting in too deep because Una's, a bit nosy and she sort of you know she goes around the house looking for things she goes into she goes into the study doesn't she and, and you know looks looks for things that in Elspeth you should not be doing that so I think Courtney's worried that Una's going to get us off into trouble and that's going to come to some harm I think you Courtney uh, is sort of like like almost like a big sister to, to Una she sort of looks looks out for her that is scary. Now this is the other one that I didn't like, yeah. Vince. What's his problem? And her oh, yeah. and his and the group of friends. <laughs> and she got sucked into this guy. Oh my God, no. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know, I know. Yes, I think, I think um, Vince. She sort of clung on to Vince after her when her mum was ill and then her mum died. But she realised that Vince wasn't a very decent person. He um, he took some money from her. He was very trustworthy, um, but yeah. So she, so she, even though I think she still has feelings for him at the beginning of the book, she realizes that he's not, mm. you know, for her. And she realizes that he's not good for her. And she has to move on. I could have told her that a while ago. Seriously, <laughs> I got rid of her. Really. So think, this is I really think scary. Very naive. <laughs> yeah. I think Courtney needs, you know, the, the the clipboard test that my sister used to do when I met somebody. She used to have this questionnaire, and if they oh, didn't really? pass it, she told me to get rid of them. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Oh, yeah, I agree. She tortured me with it. It was hilarious. But, you know, the guys didn't think it was funny, but I thought it was funny. <laughs> so then we find a bag. What does is, what is Una, Una find in the bag? And what does Catherine tell her about it? And we know that she's hiding something. Yes. So when when um, Una finds the bag, it's full of clothes, and she mm. she thinks that, that it belongs to Jemima, and that there's something that Catherine's hiding because yeah. she yeah is thinking why is there Jemima's clothes? Why haven't they been given into the yeah. police? Or you know uh, why is she, what is she hiding in the bag? So, and then I think Catherine then just tries to make out it's nothing, you know, important. Um, but 
you can, but Yuna can tell that Catherine's hiding something. But she doesn't know what, but she just knows that she's hiding something. Well, Una is smarter than they thought, unfortunately. Yeah. So, yeah. what is striking about Jemima and Matilda and what happened to them? And how does Elizabeth feel? And then Una begins to wonder, yeah. like, what is going on? She should have quit at that yeah. point, the poor thing. Yeah, because because Elizabeth is so um, upset. Mm. She's upset about them dying, but she also doesn't talk to them. So she's like, you know, Axel, you know, like it's over. And I, th- I think I think that Elizabeth has always slightly wondered if Catherine had something to do with it, like with with not so much Matilda, but with with um, Jemima. So she's she's when the police arrived. Elspeth sort of wonders maybe if something, if Catherine did or said something to make Jemima leave. So, which obviously you find out that that is the case. That Catherine did say to Jemima. But, um, yeah. So, with, so Jemima is found, like, she, everyone thinks she jumped from the suspension bridge. Killed and hit everyone. So, at first, you just think, well, these two separate things are quite separate. You know, they're not the same death but she then starts to wonder and that's when she wonders which we can I think you've so when people no, it, that's when Yuna starts to wonder mm. this is scary so tell who is Ed and tell us about Ed and her complaints and then when she sees Elizabeth sees um Una with Vince, she has a canary fit. <laughs> it sounds like my mother. <laughs> Ed is Catherine. Um, and even though Catherine loves him, I think deep down she knows that Elspeth doesn't really approve of him because Elspeth doesn't mm-hmm. think he's quite, you know, good enough or posh enough. Um, and she's with him because she's one of her sons. Jacob is, is coming in a bit unruly. So Ed is stripped she she's got her own issues going on at home. And with to have any attachments outside of the home. Now, this this was very compelling. This part. What about who is Viola, and how does she learn about her, and why does Elizabeth question? Why does she question Elizabeth or Catherine? But they don't want to answer that question. Yeah. Well, she when she when she um arrives when you arrive at five, so she sees the mm-hmm. any anyone else in the house. You know, she just thinks that Catherine's the only child and. But then she finds a necklace um, with a picture in it of a girl who looks like her. And when she speaks to Aggie, the cook, about it, that's when she finds out that there was a girl called Viola who used to live there. Um, and then Eunice starts to get a little bit paranoid that maybe they did something to Viola because they never talked about her and she disappeared. And so Eunice then put it all together and thinks, well, why, why is Elsa... Mm employing girls that all look like Viola. 
Now, this this part was interesting and so kind of like surprising. You created flashbacks of Catherine's life. What did she endure in the past that made her the way she was in the present? Yeah. So because Catherine comes across as being quite hard person at first, I thought that the reader would have any why she was like that. That's why I wanted to create these past chapters. So where you get to really know Catherine, and you know, and and also that you feel sorry for her because she she was known as Katie back then when she was young, and then it's a, the past chapters are about her coming to the house, um, from the children's home, uh, meeting Viola for the first time, and then realizing that Viola is mean to her and doesn't want her there, and is actually really horrible. So you sort of you you sort of feel sorry for Catherine, then you realize that she's had a really horrible time, really horrible childhood. I think then it gives you a bit more sympathy for her and why she acts the way she does. Now, she went through a lot in the past, but what happens when she finds out that she's adopted? That That's a hard yeah. one. So she always, knew, yeah, she always knew that she was adopted because she was quite old, so she was 10 when, um, when she was adopted, when she came from the children's home. So she sort of always knew that, but she, I think she felt that when Viola could do what she wanted and still be loved, she always felt that to be loved, and she is Elsa's husband, that she had to be a good girl, she had to be perfect. So that's why she, she was always, because there was a story where the little boys at the children's home were back after being, after being at um, Elsa's house because it was naughty. So she was always like, that if she was naughty, if she didn't do everything right, that she would get sent back to home. So, she was she did she always felt like her love was condition the conditional love not unconditional love. Mm. I don't think Catherine even I mean I'm gonna say what happened at the end. I don't think even at the end she feels very secure. So what is her job and tell no. us about the gallery and why does she insist that her mother does not need? Oh, you see, this is where I knew she was insecure. Because basically she wanted to be yeah. the caregiver, but what about her family? So she insists that her mother doesn't need anybody. Yeah. So tell us about her job yeah. at the gallery. He died quite young. So the gallery was then taken over by Elder and Catherine. And so at the gallery, Catherine, her, her job is to like like art and they and they both try to you know buy pieces from local artists sell in the gallery mm. but they've got very different tastes but some some of the things that Elspeth like Catherine doesn't like so there's a little bit of um tension between them about that because Elspeth says she's retired from the gallery but she still mm. makes the poker noises <laughs> so Catherine gets cross about that yeah now he'll, let me, I'm gonna give my question to you okay now hmm who is Daisy <laughs> mm hmm. Oh yeah, so, yeah. So Daisy, yeah, they really like Daisy very much. She works at the gallery, um, mm-hmm. and she's got a bit of attitude, um, <laughs> mm. and she's not always that uh, nice. Yeah, uh, and mm. um, she's always she's fine when Catherine's around. Yeah, she's, like Catherine's sister. But she's now we she's have... got her own issues. <laughs> 
Yeah, see, see, poor, poor, poor Uno was a Karina around, surrounded by people that you don't exactly want to have around you, don't she? Was she? <laughs> no, I know. I thought you did. I don't think she realized what she was stepping into. She did the job. <laughs> mm-hmm. And there were times I said, I, I was like reading and I go, I, don't, I wouldn't want to be in the same room with Catherine ever. Or some of the other people there. No. Not really. No. So... <laughs> So why do we become more suspicious about Catherine? As the book goes on, we realize that she's up to no good. Yeah, because she's she's got a secret. She's hiding something, which comes at the end of the book. Um, so she's got something that she's hiding. Um, so I think that it, it, her, she starts to slightly unravel as the, as the book goes along. Um, and her her facade crumbles a little bit, so you get to really see her panic about what happened, which you only find out at the end. So I can't say like give it away, but you know you know what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, this gets more convoluted, people. Trust me, it's far from over. So Jemima <laughs> was murdered, and Matilda, the accident wasn't an accident. Why does anybody want to get rid of those two? Oh, poor girls, they never had a chance. Well, I know, I know. Well, you realise at the end why, why, what happened to them happened. But um, uh, there's lots of different theories. So at one point you think maybe it's because Catherine didn't want them to have any money. So did she get rid of them? Mm. Or, you know, is there just like um, a serial killer on the loose who just happens to target blonde girls? So there's a few uh, different scenarios that could play out that I like red herrings I suppose we call them uh yeah so that's scary yeah this is like a psychological oh my god so tell us more about the voice (laughs) what was the voice what is the purpose of the voice except to scare me when I was reading the book it's also I think if if you read that bit too um, it gives a little few little clues so yeah. um, by the time you find out who it is, you're thinking, oh, yeah, I can sort of see why that would be. Um, and also, it, yeah, to, 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 to drive the story on as well so you, you know that things are going to escalate. That, that's, that's scary. So who is Peter, and why does he want to meet Elizabeth? Uh, that's even scarier. Yes. It, yeah, so Peter is Jemima's brother, and he becomes suspicious mm. when he finds out that she was supposed to have killed herself because he doesn't believe that she would ever do something like that. And he, they were making plans, and she was supposed to be spending Christmas with them. So he, he, didn't, he feels that she, there's something's not right. So he goes to see Elsbeth because he wants to find out a little bit more about what really happened. And he's suspicious. He's suspicious that something else happened to Jemima, that she didn't kill herself. He's got a very smart person, and they didn't want. They really didn't want him around at all, did they? They didn't like the fact that he kept no, coming back no. and forth. Yeah. So, as a result, how does this lead to making Una want to learn more? And what does she find out? And why didn't she go to the police? Anybody else would have, but then again, maybe yeah. she thought they wouldn't believe her. Yes, I think that's the thing. I think she's, she feels so young and, and out of a depth that I think she thinks that 
she hasn't really got enough evidence to go to the police. But then they decide, her and Peter decide that they will maybe go to the police um, and take this bag that they found with, with the clothes and everything in it. So I think they were like, we will do this, we will go to the police. But then, um, yeah, but then poor Una can't <laughs> go to the police mm. <laughs> because something happens um, where she's incapacitated. So, yeah. So, but I think she is thinking that she should probably go to the police by the by the stage, um, even though she thinks that yeah she won't be believed. Um, so, um, and I think I think she feels a little bit better about it the fact she's got Peter who is mm. also, you know, on her side and thinks the same thing. Well, tell us a little bit more about Viola, and what role does she play, Donna? Yeah, so you find a bit more about Viola in, in yeah. chapters, yeah. Um, and you, you realise that everything that's happening now sort of stems from that. So it's all to do with her. It's all to do with what happened to her. So she, she you know, her, the story is that she has left home. She's run off with her boyfriend because her mother didn't approve. But you're left to think, is that what really happened to her? Does something else happen to her? Was she killed? You know, did it cover up? Um, what's, what's going on there? So there's a few sort of questions about what happened to Viola. But also, um, obviously, mm. Viola wasn't a very, very nice to Catherine. So you're wondering, left wondering if maybe Catherine did something to her. If if something, you know, did Catherine do something to Viola? And did she also then do something to the other girls? Because they remind her of Viola. Uh, so, yeah, so there's a few different theories in the book. I know, and there's a lot of people that get killed. It's really got me upset. Yeah. Seriously. Especially yeah. one. I'm not going to say who the last one is that get killed, but that's so weird. So how did we meet Willow? I like Willow. And why is yeah. she in well, this house? Why did she come? I like Willow so far. Yeah. So again, she answers the ad. Um and she looks, she's a bit more of a free spirit than the others. She's a bit more wacky. She likes, you know, she's got like colored bits in her hair. She's been traveling. Um, but she, she takes a job. She sees the advert, takes a job. And, and yeah, so she, she, she gets a job as a carer for Elsbeth as well. Much to Catherine's, you know, horror. <laughs> um, Catherine so yeah, has so a fit about everything. She, she really needs to go for anger <laughs> management, the poor girl. No, seriously, she needs to go for anger management. I know people like that. It's very sad. <laughs> so who is Arlo? Yeah. Oh, yeah, so Arlo is Willow's brother, um, and he is also a bit of a free spirit. They, they've, they, she's, um, before she answers the ad in the paper, Arlo, um, she's living with Arlo in, in Western Supermare, which is like a little town not far from Bristol. Um, and they're living in a flat together. So they're quite close. Um, in fact, I think it's Arlo that tells her about the advert. I think he finds it. But I think he's trying to get her out of the flat because she's sort of dossing down in his flat, and he's only a small flat, and I think he wants her to you know, get a job. So he, he, he tells her about this job that he's seen in the paper, and so she goes for it and then gets it. So, yeah. Now, so before he, I forget, yeah, so I have my list in front of me. Next Tuesday... Yeah. Philip Margolin will be here with The Darkest Place. 
and he has to explain why he killed off somebody that he made me very upset, seriously. And on the 10th, Andrea <laughs> Kane, at any cost. On the 15th, Nancy Allen, who writes with James Patterson, Renegade. On the 17th, I'm doing something really original. I don't know why I come up with this, but I did. It's Women's History Month, and I've asked three authors that wrote about the Holocaust to talk about their novels and why they became writers in honor of women's history. So we've got Stella Terhart, Sylvia True, and Marsha Casper Cook. On the 24th, Roy Johansson, Iris's son, is coming on with Kill of You. And on the 28th, African Vengeance. This should be interesting. And on the 30th, Lee Matthew Goldberg with Vanish Me. And on the 31st, FBI agent Michael Tabman and I were going to take on all the political issues that are in the news. Seriously. You never know what we're going to talk about, but it's a lot of fun. I never know what's going to happen. He's really interesting, too. So we're going to talk about that, and we're going to talk about the vaccine and everything else. The little controversy is going to be fun. So... This is interesting, too. Willow meets Courtney. Why did they become friends right away? I like Willow. So I think that they have a, they have a bond between them. Um, they have, like, someone in common. Um, and, and I think, I think uh, yeah, I, like, try, without giving it too much away, um, they, they have, yeah, they, they, they realize they have something in common. And, they, and also, Courtney, they just trust for of Elspeth and Catherine, that she warns Willow to be careful. Um, and then Willow becomes intrigued because Willow doesn't really know anything about what's gone mm. on before, so she's all intrigued about it. Um, so she, at first, I think Willow thinks it's a little bit of fun, a bit of a game, you know, because she's very sort of, she's very different to Yuna. She's, she's quite, like, she, just, she doesn't take things too seriously. Um, but then she starts to realise that actually there might be something in it after all. So she starts to talk to Courtney more about past events. Now, this is interesting. Before I finish these questions, I always ask this, I always throw this one in. How did you come up with the title of the story and the cover, just the print on the cover, Scabby? Yeah, Yeah, so um, the cover, so the cover in the UK is cover in the US. So the cover, I actually, well, I like them both in different ways. Uh, I think the cover in the Mm. US is a bit scarier. I think I think it's quite frightening because it's quite um, yeah. atmospheric, isn't it? Yeah. Um, and that, that, that bridge is the suspension bridge and the house is the house. Yeah, and I, I really like the cover. But the, the title came, uh, me and my editor were in uh, having lunch, and I was explaining the story to her, and I was like, this is what I want to write next. And she said, oh, what have you thought of a title? And I said, I really like something like The Girl Before. You know The Girl Before by J.P. Delaney? I don't know if you've read that book. Brilliant. Um, and I said, I really like that title. But obviously I couldn't have that title because that was already taken. So I said to her, I'd like, that's the sort of title I'm thinking of, something like that. And so then we mm. brainstormed it and came up with this one, just like the other girls. So, yeah. It's, we would, yeah, I think I, I like titles that sort of tell you a little bit about the story. Well, how does Elizabeth feel about Willow? How does Elizabeth feel about Willow and her friendship with Courtney? Does she have a problem with that one? Yes, I don't think she likes. I don't think because she. I think she. She likes Willow, doesn't she? I think I think Elspeth really likes Willow, um, and yeah, they, they they sort of seem to get on quite well out of, out of all of the carers. Actually, mm. I think 
Elspeth really takes to Willow. Um, but she doesn't like her speaking to, to Courtney. She doesn't like... I, I can't remember if she, if she knows. But I think she probably does, because Elspeth does know everything, doesn't she? But, yeah, I think she... She, she wouldn't like it anyway. If she, if she doesn't know, she wouldn't like it if she found out. Because she wants them all to what herself. What is Catherine's <laughs> take on all this? What is Catherine's take on this? And how do we know that Aggie has an opinion about everything? Yeah, because I, I think, again, Willow, good old Aggie, Willow goes downstairs and, and meets Aggie and Aggie tells her stuff. But then Aggie is obviously warned by Catherine not to say anything because she then stops telling willow things like she's willow senses that she's been told not to say anything so that makes even more intrigued she's like well why we know why is i told not to say anything so that was yeah that was that was um another thing that willow became suspicious about that that no one in the case talked about any of them yeah oh yeah chris is Courtney's boyfriend and he's vince's friend so vince and chris are in the same band and Courtney mm. and Chris live together. So Chris moves in. When Nina, when Nina moves out to live with Elspeth, Chris moves in. But, mm. but again, Chris isn't a very nice person. <laughs> is he? And it just seems that no matter who is going out with who, Elizabeth doesn't like them. She really, mm. you know. No. No, I don't think she does. <laughs> Sounds like my little brother. Sounds like anyone, does she? <laughs> yeah, my my brother hated everybody that I dated, except my new my husband. No, he didn't like anybody, and he was he was a little bit younger than me. So what he would do is he would my I would have a date, and he would stand in front of the door and say she's not going. And the guy would you know <laughs> oh, pay him five dollars to let me go, and he would say that's not enough. It was hilarious. But yeah, oh. I know. Was what was really cool. funny was that if I didn't like the person. He was really good to get rid of them. He was great. Then to pay him five dollars oh, yeah, to answer the great, phone and go, you know, this this one's on you, little brother. He still drives me crazy. <laughs> so, why are they all working with Peter? And how is about how um, Viola treated her sister and why she left home? Oh, Viola wasn't very nice, was she? No. Um, I think Peter. Actually, yes. Peter and Courtney uh, form form a bit of an attachment, don't they? Actually. Um, because Peter comes back into it because he's been working mm. with with Una and obviously mm. he then starts to get suspicious and so then he starts to talk to Courtney instead and then he's even more suspicious after what happened so he yeah he, they join forces together him and and I think there's like a, they, they, they like each other there's like a uh, yeah well we we a sort voice. of figure I'm looking at the uh, the, the chapter with the un, with the unknown voice. It's scary, let me tell you. It's almost as if he's watching them, but they don't know that he's there, or he, she's there. Yeah. They don't know that. So how yeah. did you create the yeah. dialogue for that? Because I'm saying, who in heaven blazes is this person that's there, but not really there? <laughs> um, one of my favorite books is a, is a book by Nikki French called Beneath the Skin, which is about a stalker. So um, that was a good inspiration for the for the voice, I wanted like um, to try and get into the head of that person, that stalker. Um, so yeah, so that was that was. I hope I'm glad it's, you find it scary because I wanted it to be yeah scary that bit because that book is very the, the Nikki French book is very scary. So 
that's that's worked. Well, I, I there's one character that I have in the book that I'm not going to mention because that would give it away. But every uh, yeah. every, cha- every chapter has somebody else's name. How did you decide to do that? And why does Willow decide to go to the gallery to learn more? She's a brave child. <laughs> um, yeah, I think that they start to realize that there's going to be something hidden in the gallery mm. because they, they, they're looking yeah. for something in the house. They know it should be in the house, but it's no longer in the house. But they know, Courtney knows that it should be in the house because she's a bit to you know about it. So they're thinking, well, where else can it be then? And then they think it must be the gallery because they know they're also, they think maybe it could be at Catherine's house, but they don't think it would be. They don't think that she would have just taken it to her house. So that's why they go and look in the gallery. Um, and yeah, and, and, and Willie's Will along. I mean, Willie's along for the ride because she thinks it's all a bit you know, mm. dramatic. But then obviously she gets further pulled into it. Um, yeah. What is Willow's take on all of this? Does she like Elizabeth? Does she feel comfortable? I mean, what is Catherine basically after as a result of all of this? So I don't think I think <clears throat> that that uh, you know, that, that um, Willow does like Elsa. Um, I think she actually does quite like her, but she doesn't take to Catherine at all because Catherine, you know, her and Catherine don't really get on. Um, but Elsa is, is nice to her, and I think she doesn't think that Elsbeth is really involved. I think she thinks that Elsbeth's like a sweet little old lady um, that is just a bit, you know, eccentric. But she doesn't trust Catherine. She thinks that Catherine's involved. I think to start with, she just thinks it's all a bit of fun and a bit of drama, you know, something to make her life a bit more interesting. Then she starts to think that actually, especially when they find the item that they're looking for in the gallery, she starts to think that Catherine's involved somehow in all of this. I know. Catherine, Catherine at the end, I don't know, does she learn anything? Um, I think she does. I like to think that she realizes that money isn't everything, but she, um, but the most important thing is, is her family, just her kids. Um, and I think that's seen at the end when she's got the hill with her, mm. with her sons and her, and her husband. I think that she realizes that actually, she should be there for them more, that they need her, especially her son. So I hope that she's learned something by the end. And I think Elspeth has as well. I think Elspeth, I think that Elspeth puts, mm. puts to bed the past without giving anything away. <laughs> so, um, hey, without giving away the ending, how did you create the final scenes and the fun surprise twist when we learned who the voice was? Oh, my God. <laughs> Um, I, I tried to do it so that there was a few characters that were under suspicion, and I tried to do it so that each scene, each scene could end up mm. with that person being the voice. Mm. So, yeah, actually, it was really fun to write that bit because it, it felt like it was a, a sort of countdown almost, like to the final reveal um, between these three different people, um, and then it wasn't until. Willie realizes that we realize um, what's going on. Did I get anything away? I just need, I just texted the next. There's supposed to be, I don't know what's going to happen. There's supposed to be a second person coming on at 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock. This is a surprise. 
And I'm hoping that she <laughs> remembers. Well, who it is is she's a new rising star, the new Ariana Grande, you might say. Her name is Carly Tappan, and she's got a brand-new song called Where You At. And it's really good, and I'm texting her to tell her, in 10 minutes you need to dial the phone, otherwise I can't stay on by myself. Um, it's interesting because her first song is called Eat Your Heart Out. She's eating her aunt's heart out. That's me. And um, she's got a whole bunch of bread. She's going to star for Elena's Morset. She's supposed to uh, open for her next month. So I said to her, um, would you come on for a few minutes so that I could talk about your song and everything? And if she doesn't, well, well, I tried, right? So if all of these <laughs> characters can learn a lesson, what lessons do they all learn? I mean, what about Willow and Elizabeth? Is she going to stay there? Is this a standalone or is there, next, is there another one coming after this one? No, this is a standalone. So at the end, I think um, Elspeth and Willow come to an understanding. Um, you realize, um, Catherine realizes the importance of her life and what means more to her. Um, and I, I like to think that Courtney and Peter get together um, and move on. Because it's, it's for them, both of them, they've lost people. So they have a bond because of that. So, yeah, so I like to think they've all learned something, apart from maybe one character who probably hasn't learned anything. <laughs> we like giving anything away. Um, but, no, yeah, we don't I don't want to like give it away, like no. No. Um, yeah, so I'd like to think that, I, I, think that, I do think that they, have to, they do grow um, it, as the, the book progresses, particularly Catherine. Um, and Willow, Willow is already, already quite chilled out anyway, isn't she? But she obviously is a big shock, you know, for her. So, yeah. Yeah. So what is, I don't know, oh, this is so scary. This is this is scary, the ending, the last chapter, especially when we find out who the person is. But Catherine, Catherine, does she ever stop being angry? Or does she stay angry? Or does she just realize that her mother cares about her in her own way and that it's okay to have somebody else there? I think she does. I think she realizes that actually having someone else there means she can spend more time with her family. Um, she can keep an eye on her son and, you know, reconnect with her husband so yeah i think by the end she she realizes that actually else you know um willow isn't a threat to her she is happy to share share her mother and and i think that they elsbeth and Catherine come to sort of an understanding as well and she and she realizes that actually elsbeth isn't just gonna cut her off you know she she does care about her so i think that she i think she realizes that it takes the pressure off her having someone else to help so what is next? What is next for you? When am I getting it? Um, the next book uh, comes out in um, in in North America. It's called The Couple at Number Nine. So mm. yeah, that'll be out in a few months' time. Yeah, I was really excited because I read the book, and uh, when when your publisher sent me the email, I go like, really. <laughs> No, I was really excited because I've been, you know, I've been getting an awful lot of New York Times. I get a lot of New York Times offers. As you can see, Philip Marlin and Iris Johansson oh, wow. and Tess Gerenson's coming on in June. Yeah, got oh, a lot of people. Really? That's amazing. Yeah, yeah. You That's know, lovely. it's funny. There's oh, a story behind Tess. Really... Yeah. 
I was just so excited that you said yes. I said I took a chance in asking. I don't normally ask anybody for an interview. They usually, you know, just email me oh. and say they, they want it. And I read this and I go like, oh, this book is just too good to pass up. <laughs> oh, and I said, oh, thank and you. I was just glad I found a date. I have three this week. I never do three shows, but I have the author oh, wow. of Wayward Wayward Assassin on Tuesday. And the um, the author of Driven, Arita Mars, on Wednesday. And, yeah, oh. this should be interesting. And, uh, you know, I get a lot of books, and I've got a couple inside that I'm staring at, which is not good. And I get a couple of surprises. <laughs> yeah, I, I just never know. I mean, for those of you that want to know what to read, you read just like the other girls. Blue Fire by John Grisham is absolutely, by John Gilstrap is absolutely the best book I've read in a long time. Um, Mark Greeny's Sahara Six, uh, Vincent Sandry's Moonlight Kills, and the ending, I cried. That's why I sold them this morning. I said, I don't know if I should speak to you anymore. Oh, my God. Um, Lee Matthew Goldberg, <laughs> Vanish Me. I mean, there were so many. And you know what it is? I'm so honored that I'm doing this. I mean, it's a lot of fun. It's really a lot of fun. Oh. And, and you know, I started doing this after my sister, before my sister died. And that's why oh. I named the, the MJ Network. And, you know, it's probably, with all the pandemic and all the meanness going around, it's so sad. And then yeah. I look at the news this morning, yeah. and I have to give those people, I have to do a shout-out to the people of Ukraine. You keep it up, and you fight back and don't give up, because what he's doing is, no, is, is horrible. What a horrible part. I mean, just because I read, I was trying to figure out why he did it. He's doing it because he wants to change the map and broaden Russia's hold in Europe. I mean, really? Yeah. Yeah. So it's, hope, it's scary, hopefully I think. This Hopefully this morning the peace talks will happen and then Ukraine will be happy. But I want to thank you. First of all, tell everybody where we can get all of your books. And, Kristen, I'm going to have to tell her I want the next one, too. Seriously. Oh, thank you. I hope you enjoy it. Thank you so much for having me on your show. It's lovely to talk to you. Um, but my client, <laughs> I'm having fun, let me tell you. Which is, <laughs> which is um, my Instagram account is Claire Douglas Author. Um, and, and, yeah, my books are on Amazon and... Um, I don't actually know where they are in the U.S. Actually, Costco are they? I think. Um, yeah, um, I don't know really. <laughs> I think so. Uh, and um, I definitely know them on Amazon, but I'm sure they're on Costco as well. Or they were. Um, so yeah. Thank you. That's just great. I want to thank you so much. I don't. I don't know where Carly is, but we're going to have to figure this one out. And if she doesn't come on in a few minutes, <laughs> what can I say? I am going to start probably. Um, I created her electronic press kit. I never did that before. I did. And I have her information and story in the front, but, you know, if she doesn't come on very soon, I'm just going to have to just play the song and whatever. But thank you so much. You really, this has been so much fun. It brightened my day. And it's it's kind of oh, cold outside. I don't know how it is in England. My family comes from it's the raining. UK. <laughs> my my oh, grandfather's really? sisters okay, came from the UK, um, from oh, Ilford, really? Ilford, Essex. And my cousin, oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, my cousin um, was a big person in Ilford, Essex, Leon Shallow. When he died, it was really sad. But his family lives there, oh. and my family came from there. And my grandmother, my grandfather found out he had sisters by accident. He read it. There was a, a note in the newspaper, and my aunt called him and said, your sisters, Bronner and Golda, are alive. And what's really amazing is that oh. I connected with 
um, Golda's daughter. So they oh, they're wow. on Facebook, yeah. And I, I really should email them because her father's going to be a hundred years old. I think he's my uncle or oh, cousin. Oh my goodness! Yeah, do you believe? Wow, that's amazing. <laughs> Oh, so, my goodness, thank that's you. amazing. Oh. I was like, yeah, I was like, how did they find me? And then she sent me pictures <laughs> of my grandmother, who I never saw, because my grandmother was my step-grandmother, and I didn't know that afterwards. It didn't matter. She was the best. Oh, wow. And, yeah, my grandmother, oh. my mother's real mother died when she was two, so I have no idea, you know, what was happening. And oh, I know no one knew it. Yeah. So Gosh. thank you That's so amazing. much. I don't. She's not here yet. Oh God, I don't know what I'm going to do, but I don't want to hold oh, no. her. <laughs> thank you so oh, much, Claire. And when whenever you get the next book, please tell Kristen to send it to me. And everybody, oh, an, act, an act of kindness goes a long way. And I'm going to see if I can play her song. And if you want to hear it, I'm going to play it. <laughs> it's called. Um, oh, I'll, I'll listen. <laughs> I don't know if you want to hear that. Not really. Uh, it's called Eat Your Heart Out. It's, it's, it's yeah. Um, it's it's different. I'll tell you that. And it's 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 good. Uh, I have to say, no, I don't have to say that. If I didn't think it was good, I wouldn't I wouldn't I wouldn't play it. Yeah. So I'm going to play it right now. I'm going to play Eat Your Heart Out and see what happens. But thank you so much. And here it is, everybody. Thank Polly you. Happens. Eat Your Heart Out. Thank you. Thank you. That is part of Carly's song, and I'm going to see if I can call the star and if she's coming on because we can't stay on the phone forever. Let's see if she's coming. Otherwise, I will tell you more about her, and I will do some more of the song. And she's not answering the phone, and that doesn't help. Carla, you got to call in now. Are you going to do this or you want me to postpone it? Okay, then I'm going to have to cancel it. Okay. Okay, unfortunately, she's not going to be here. So everybody have a great day and bye. <laughs>